Alrighty, everybody, welcome back. Episode four of the Rough Draft Podcast. Myself, Matt Genetino, along with Andy Pryles, all the way in Babson Park, Massachusetts. How we doing, everybody? What's Get, up? Getting excited. I think there's somebody else in the room over there at Babson. The stud pitcher, Ken Rotuno, is in the building. Okay. Ken just got back from his trip from Florida. Exciting. Spring ball. Definitely excited. Ready to start the regular season this week. That's right. Babson, look out for them. They're, they he'll started also, off the season hot against uh, national champs Trinity. He'll so. also have uh, rumored to be in the 2018 draft class for quarterbacks. The pro day will be in May. And I'll yeah, look, look out. That may, that may come draft weekend. That may come draft weekend. We may have a little uh, little camera fun with that. Beautiful. So, uh, anyway, in this week's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about the – we're going to do two positions today. We're going to cover our offensive side of the ball, the tight ends, and we're going to cover the edge rushers um, on the defensive side of the ball. So that's exciting. Um, the tight end class is pretty deep this year, and uh, it's definitely – I think the deepest it's been in a while, would you say, Andy? Yeah, it's probably the best tight end class of my life. I mean, loaded class, talented players, it's going to be great. Absolutely, yeah. I think uh, top to bottom, I think especially the bottom end, you could get some real sleepers in this draft that could help contribute to your team, uh, whether it's now or maybe a couple years down the line. But I think some of the guys have a pretty high ceiling at that position. And then the edge rushers, I mean, we know about that, you know, some depending on scheme fit, what you like, three four outside linebacker, or you know a three four end, or a four three defensive end. Uh, you know, there's a lot of versatility in this draft as well. So it'll be interesting to see how those guys pan out as well. So, um, I don't know anything you want to add to that, Andy? All right, exactly. It's a deep edge class, but it all depends on fit. People like McDowell fit better in a three four. Uh, defensive end role. Other players like Tim Williams might be an outside linebacker. Then you have pure defensive ends like Barnett. It's all about what your d- defense, your team runs, and uh, plug and play. Yeah, I think for me with the edge rushers, I look at it as it's a big boomer bust kind of class. Uh, you can get some guys that you know, a guy like Tim Williams in my aspect and in my, you know, all my assumptions with Tim. I think he's honestly like he could be a, a huge bust, but people just think he's automatically going to be. Fantastic, because he's coming out of Alabama. Um, you know, I don't know. I, we'll get into that, but we'll uh, yeah, we'll start off with my hot takes. Couple hot takes. So uh, we'll start off with the tight end class. Um, we'll go back and forth, one and one, two and two, and uh, we'll give you guys our pro comparisons and uh, some sleepers, some risers, fallers, stuff like that. So, Andy, without further ado, uh, who's your number one tight end? Recently, I made my top 50 board, and uh, the first tight end on my board is O.J. Howard at 14th overall. Uh, complete tight end, can block, downfield threat, 4-5-40, uh, intermediate threat. Reminds me of uh, Vernon Davis, not as athletic coming out, but a complete tight end who uh, can stretch the field and be a mauler in the run game. So uh, that's my number one tight end. Uh, I think that's, you know, obviously, I think it's everyone's number one tight end. He's my number one tight end. Um, I have my pro comparison for him, obviously due to the size, uh, people would say Jimmy Graham, but he's definitely a better blocker than Jimmy Graham. He's definitely able to get more physical than Jimmy Graham. Uh, in my opinion, I think if OJ Howard pans out, um, to be what he, whatever and expect him to be, I think he'll revolutionize the tight end position in the NFL. Um, 
I think he's going to change change the game a little bit. Uh, and whoever gets him is he's going to be a, he'll be a game changer and quickly. Um, you don't really teach his size, strength, and speed, and I think his football IQ is there too. Like you could hear him talk, and he definitely knows what he's uh, doing. He's coached really well, prepared for the next level. Um, no brainer in my opinion. The juice is back in the NFL, and we're not talking about the guy in Buffalo. So. Get so, some OJ. Um, number two, tight end. I'm going off the board here, one of my favorite players in the draft, uh, Adam Shaheen, tight end on the Ashland Division II football. This man has been a high riser since February. He was about fifth round. Now he's top 40. I've seen six, seven. Amazing quick twitch. Gets off the line yeah. fast. Great receiver. Just a raw player. Someone mm-hmm. had taught heat back in the day. Just a huge tight end threat. And he's going to get – People are going to be surprised on draft day. I think he could even go in the first round. These teams are obsessed with his size, and I know it's tough to put him over in Joku, but I, I love the upside. He's one of the highest upside players in the draft. Yeah, Shaheen, for me, um, when I saw his tape, you know, he definitely jumped off the page. Again, that could be a man versus boys kind of thing. Um, I agree with you, though. I mean, pretty cocky move as a junior coming out of the D2 level. Um, that's That guy's no joke. If he's doing that, I mean, he's – I mean, he's obviously got the size. He's got the speed. I mean, you watch him. I mean, he's burning corners like no problem. Um, he's he's a special athlete, no doubt about it. Um, he's not my number two tight end, um, but he's on the top five for me. Um, I, I think it's funny the point you brought up about you could see him going in the first round. I feel like this draft now, as it's getting closer, more so than ever, you're hearing guys who may have been like a second round, third round pick, Maybe even, like you said, Shaheen was like fifth round. Now, all of a sudden, possible first rounder, even like Davis Webb. I've never seen that out of a draft this quickly, uh, this late in the process. I think it's only going to get worse. So many players are rumored first round. Some players will end up being disappointed. Right. Can't 50 first round picks, so some of these players are going to fall. Yep, absolutely. It's, it's, it's interesting. So anyway, my number two tight end is uh, David Njoku from Miami. Um, Guy is vertical jump phenom and track coming out of high school. Um, I like his p- potential to be a, a really good blocker. Um, he's got the athletic ability, of course. Um, he could really stretch the field. I think he's big enough to where he could get you know shed blocks and and bounce off people. Um, he seems really tough. He's no problem going over the middle. Um, you know, I have him pro comp to like an Antonio Gates, um, Vernon Davis type of just freakish kind of athlete. Uh, I think he's special. I think he's not as tall and lanky as like an OJ Howard um, or like a Bucky Hodges who we've seen in this draft, but he's definitely, um, yeah, he's definitely got, he's a, like a, you know, just a big fire hydrant in my kind of athletic fire hydrant is what I like to say about him. So he'll go down and stretch the field, and uh, he'll be an interesting player to watch coming out. Definitely. He's my third tight end. Uh, the third tight end with a first-round grade. Just breakaway speed. Uh, like you said, Lanky, not as big as other players, but he's more of a receiver than the other two tight ends in the sense he may yep. be the receive, pure receiving tight end in this class. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely like shifty, de- sh- more shifty than the other two. Similar to the Shannon Shop back in the day, more yeah. of a more of a receiver build. Uh, 
he should be able to block in line, but if he can't, he'll definitely be a great slot H-back type tight end threat that way. And uh, seems more of a receiving threat, but uh, definitely the potential to develop as a blocker. Definitely. And I think um, – I do think that if he goes to a team that uses him as a blocker and he fails at that, I think that could hurt his career, uh, especially in the first four years of his rookie contract. Um However, you talked about him as you think he's the best receiving tight end in this class. I think, personally, uh, my number three guy, who's kind of fallen off the radar a little bit, is more of a receiving tight end here. I think he's the best receiving tight end, is uh, Evan Ingram from Ole Miss. Um, you know, consistently, he, you know, year after year there, he was a stud in the SEC. Um, just an amazing, he's quick, you know, 4-5 speed. I think maybe even 4-4 four, four speed um, sometimes. I, I have him as like a Jordan Reed light kind of player, if that makes sense, um, just because he has that athletic ability. Um, again, he's like a bigger slot receiver. Um, I don't want to use Devin Funches because I kind of use Devin Funches for a, but more of like a Bucky Hodges, who's like 6'7". That's who Bucky Hodges reminds me of. But with Ingram, I see him more – as it definitely has the potential to put on some weight and, and be a, uh, you know, obviously a solid tight end, but I think his strengths will come, you know, in the slot, almost like an H back, um, probably not so much in line, but he'll, he'll definitely be a threat, especially down the seam. He'll, he'll terrorize defenses. You know, he'll be an, he'll be a, a matchup nightmare in my opinion. Exactly. Have him against, he's too big for corners, too fast for linebackers. Right. Uh, my fourth tight end is Evan Ingram. Uh, I view him as a less polished version of Njoku and definitely not as – he won't – I can't see him blocking the next level. He's a slot guy, even an outside threat. Similar to, like you said, Reed Hernandez, the SEC uh, hybrid tight end. Yeah. Guy, catches the ball. I think uh, he lacks uh, – he won't be able to play all the snaps because he can't really block. So that's why I have him below my other three, but he'll – his receiving game will definitely make him a threat at the next level. I'm like as a early second round guy. Absolutely, yeah. I think that's exactly a good slot for him in this draft. Um, my number four guy, uh, I think he would have been at two if he never got hurt. Um, the Butt Man, Jake Butt. The butt man. Um, everyone, you know, of course, he got a lot of attention because of his name in college, and of course, you know, he's a great player, and he got hurt. Um, the last game of the year towards ACL. Apparently, he'll be fine, back and ready. Um, if he's back to his normal self, he could end up being a steal in this draft. If he goes in the third round, especially, which I heard a lot of people are talking about, ultimately, I think he'll go in the second. I think people will uh, will take him. Um, he reminds me a lot of like uh, Jake Ballard, who played for the Giants and the Patriots. I don't know if you remember him um, or Zach Ertz. Um, can do a little bit of both. I think he's a good balanced tight end. Um, you know, Jake Butts, a guy who catches you on a lot of drag routes. You know, uh, I think he's physical. He could block. He's not going to kill you with his speed, but I think he's athletic enough where he can he can get behind some linebackers and in some coverage. Um, but I think overall, he's like the second overall tight end to OJ Howard, honestly, in my opinion. Um, but uh, I think he would have been higher on my list if he didn't get hurt, and I think that's why he's at four for me. Impressive. I, I was debating him at this spot, but the injury 
And uh, another guy caught my eye was uh, George Kittle, my fifth tight end. Yep. Uh, Iowa, this guy. Iowa, yeah. This guy murders people in the run game. He does. Rip your head off. Uh, Absolutely. I would, I would recommend the viewers to tweet his name and check all the draft Knicks blocks they put up. Oh, and he blew up the combine as well. So you're getting an athlete who is likely the best block in the draft. So I think there's a moldable play there. I'm not certain on his receiving upside, but I would draft him purely on, at worst case, you have a hell of a blocking tight end. And best case, he's an all-around threat. Right. And I think that's um, that's similar. A guy I look at, I like him too from Iowa. Iowa, of course, as we know, has developed a lot of good offensive linemen over the years. Um, and, you know, of course, they ground and pound blue-collar kind of football. Um, but a, a guy that is similar to that for me is Josiah Price from Michigan State. Uh, I think he's another one of those guys, big, big guy, good blocker. Um, you know, he'll get you, in the, obviously, in the run game. He's a sleeper for me, um, no doubt. But, you know, again, similar, like, to Kittle um, for you. But my number five guy is the guy you, you touched on at number two, uh, the pride of Ashland. Adam Shaheen, uh, I mean, you look at the guy, he looks like Gronk. I mean, he really does. There's no other way around it. Uh, I think if, if everything checks, if all the boxes check when he gets on an NFL field and he could translate his game, he could end up being the tight end in this draft, in my opinion. Uh, size, strength, speed. Um, he's got the whole package. Soft hands. He's got good body control. I've never seen a guy 6'7", 280, toe-tap in the back of the end zone like he can. So uh, he's, he's impressive. Um, you know, I think the sky's the limit for him. And I think, like you said, you mentioned you know, his growth, his ability to you know, get coached up and to mature as a player. Like, that's scary. Yeah, so. it's been on the Chipotle diet. That's it, man. The college, the Chipotle. Where is Ashland? Is it in North Carolina, I think, maybe? No idea. Who knows? Ken, any idea? Ashland, I think I think it's North Carolina if I had to bet on it, but I could be wrong. Um, I definitely need to check out um, in the tight end class. So uh, there's our top fives. Um, I want to get a little bit into most overrated tight end. Who do you think is like the most overrated, overhyped tight end in this class? Uh, maybe getting a little too much attention that you don't think should. Well, about up to the combine, Gerald Everett. Uh, was getting a ton of hype. And uh, I was curious because I read a profile, I think on CBS, that compared him to Brandon Marshall. Yeah. That's, that's high praise, but very small tight end. He has a receiver weight, 227. Uh, and I watched him, and considering the level of competition he was facing, I didn't really see separation, like yeah, dominating that level of play. And if you're an undersized receiving tight end, I, I feel like you really need a flash in the receiving game, especially at his size. And I just didn't see it personally. Yeah, you know what I, I said the same thing because Daniel Jeremiah had a first mock and had the Giants taking him. So I was like, oh, I'm curious to see what this guy's like. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, same thing that you just said stood out to me as well. Like, he wasn't dominating. You know, he wasn't quick. You know, he wasn't, like, he wasn't breaking tackles and then gone for 40 yards, burning a corner or something. You know, he should have been dominating on film like Shaheen did you know, to gain that attention. I thought he was just a big body who had some potential, so they hyped him up. I, I agree with that. Uh, he's on my list for most overrated, but I think number one most overrated 
for the tight end position is Bucky Hodges. Um, again, I think he's a good red zone threat. Um, he's a bigger receiver. You know, he's not that – I don't really don't think he's that big. Like, for a tight end, he's 6'7". Yeah, that's great, but he, I just don't see it in his frame. He's too lanky. Like, I don't think he's going to add the weight. Same height as Shaheen, but you compare their builds, like, Shaheen's, like, twice as wide as him, it looks. Right, exactly. He, you know, what's his name? Um, Bucky Hodges is, like, he's like a beanpole, you know? And, um, yeah, I mean, he definitely has, you know, he gets the vertical. He's a red zone threat, like we said. But I think he's, like, a Devin Funchess at best. Um, yeah, and views him as potentially a Nunwa, like, type. As a what? A Nunwa. A Nunwa, Okay. I could see that. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, I agree, I think. But I just think there's someone's going to take him in, like, the second round. And maybe I would say, like, late third for him. I, again, I think he has a good you know, he has a good catching radius. He's a good player. I just think he's a little too overhyped, in my opinion. But. Definitely. So. Um, for the other side, sleepers. Uh and my he wasn't my top five, but he's six. But but's definitely a sleeper. You're getting a value because he's injured, and uh, yeah. he has some Jason Wynn to his game in the sense like every catch is like third down and four, third down and six. Like move. The he's team. like a solid guy. Like he's a safety blanket guy. Yeah, he's not gonna torch you over the seam for thirty yards, but he'll get. He's gonna get the first downs, the tough yardage. Be a fan favorite with that name. Yep, exactly. I can't wait to see those t-shirts. And That's going to uh, be interesting. And then Sprinkle's a complete tight end. Although uh, I read something he robbed the store, which isn't the brightest move. But That's good. He seems pretty well-rounded. He'll fit right in the NFL. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, you know? what's that? Play for the Bengals. Play for the Bay, yeah. Fit right in him. And, you know, all those other convicts, Pac-Man Jones, Vontez Perfect. It, the list goes on and on. It's pretty great. I, I, I agree with that. He'll be a good fit there in Cincinnati. So, um, I don't know. A couple of my guys, I have sleepers, I, and I like Sprinkle, too. Uh, he sat behind, uh, what's his name? Who's the uh, Hunter Henry over at Arkansas? Derby. So, what's that? And then Derby. Yeah, that's right. Wow. Pat alum, uh, Arkansas alum, now New England Patriot. So, um I have a couple guys. Michael Roberts from Toledo. Uh, he had a really good senior bowl. He's fast. Showed the ability that he could block if, if you needed him to. Um, Josiah Price is like we talked about. I think he has a uh, – he could be a sleeper that you pick up sixth, seventh round, maybe undrafted guy who could contribute this year. Um, you know, again, I think teams want a guy who wants to block. I think that they value that, uh, especially at the tight end position. Uh, and Cole Hickettini from Louisville, really like him. He had a good game against Clemson. Um, what's that? He likes to block. Likes to block, big body. He's quick. He's quick for a big guy. He's got good feet. Um, and I think a lot of people are sleeping on Jordan Leggett from Clemson. Yeah, he's had a visit with the Pats. Uh, I know Belichick seems to like him. He seems like a complete tight end, just uh... – might not have the highest upside, but you might get a complete player over some of these guys that have high upside, but definitely the potential to bust. Right. I think remind, when I watch his game, kind of reminds me, again, like you said, with um, Jake Butt, like he's just a, a solid guy. He'll get you that third and four kind of conversion. Um, 
I don't know. I like him too. So that that's my my pickup. So yeah, I think that's anything else, Andy, with the tight ends. Just once again, deep class. You'll get starters in the fourth, the fifth round, and uh, which is good because the NFL is kind of lacking on tight ends. You have Gronk, Kels, Jimmy Graham's kind of falling off. NFL needs an injection of tight end talent. Yeah, I, th- I think so, Godfrey. You know, there's guys like Larry Donnell in free agency that no one are going to touch. So, um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. You'll get a lot of good tight ends, I think, out of this. You know, guys like you even said, I think like Kittle and, and Sprinkle, like those guys, they could come in and contribute some somewhat. Definitely. Um, all right, on to the edge rusher position. Pass rushers, baby. I know you're salivating to mention one guy. <laughs> Salivating. You gotta kill the quarterback, you know. Yeah, I you gotta kill the quarterback, especially uh, if you're in Big D in Dallas. They have a big need to rush the passer, and that defense is uh, atrocious. So, so who's your number one uh, edge rusher? This is very I, tough. I mean, this is this is probably the the biggest question of this draft. Um, <laughs> I it's hard, man. I mean, you got to think. I'm going to go uh, – no one's going to have this guy, but I'm going to say Miles Garrett. T- tell the viewers about Miles Garrett. Uh, I mean, you know, he's an underrated sleeper. Um, no, I I mean, of course, we know Miles Garrett is, is a stud. Um, I mean, people think Julius Peppers, um, Bruce Smith, you know, comparisons. I mean, this guy – He's a freaking nature. He's got what thirty-seven reps on the bench at six foot five, six foot six, long arms, separates, bends. I mean, <clears throat> guys, he's electric. Fantastic. He he's a he's a once in a generational player. Honestly, if he's a bust, I I couldn't tell you. I wouldn't know what to do. Browns again, a good one there. Yeah. So then, for number two edge rusher, first, do you consider? Thomas and Allen edge rushers per se, or more of interior defensive line. I mean, I mean, that that's a good question. I think Solomon Thomas to me is a little bit of both. Hybrid, yep. Yeah, I think he's a little bit of a hybrid. I don't think he's as much of a hybrid as like a Leonard Floyd was um, last year, or like a Tim Williams is this year. Um, I see Solomon Thomas as being a true tweener that can really excel in both spots. And I think that's just because of his athleticism and his motor. Um, you know, cause again, you could say you'll put Jonathan Allen at a three, four D end or something, and then say he's an edge rusher, but I wouldn't do that. Um, yeah, doing neither is edge rushes, but definitely Thomas has the versatility to rush from the edge. Right. And, uh, so I'll exclude him from my rankings, but he would, if I could include him there, he'd be number two clearly. Yeah. Uh, I'm so, in the same boat. My number two edge rusher, this will be, be a great conversation, is uh, Tim Williams out of Alabama. Now, I know we, he's shaking his head. This man's bend off the edge. Yeah. Incredible. He has multiple pass rush moves, power, swim, inside, outside. And the biggest problem with him, obviously, is he played situational snaps. Yeah. He was on the field third down and uh, not on early downs and. Saban's defense, but I saw the potential definitely to set the edge, and I just think he's very explosive, and uh, he has the off-field problems, but I think in a 3-4, you're looking at a potentially elite outside linebacker, and I know we're very different on this guy, so time to hear your take. 
Yeah, I I agree with the, you know, I think he has the potential. Uh, I think, like you said, all the characteristics are there. The explosion and, and the power and the bend, obviously, is great. However, a guy who was a situational pass rusher in college to then potentially take in the first round, that's pretty risky because you don't know if he's going to do that on three downs in the NFL or, you know, Julius Peppers was a situational pass rusher towards the end of his career to save his body and the life of his career. But that's not the kind of guy I want to draft in the first round. No, I understand. It's it's the pass rush upside, especially in this league. Absolutely. But if you want to talk about pass rush upside, then, and I'm not saying he's number two, but then just take Taco Charlton. Fair point. So. I don't uh, see he's not as quick twitch, explosive. No, he, he doesn't. You're absolutely right. And that's where they differ. But then, to me, he's got the off-the-field issues. It's definitely a risk management with taking yeah, the exactly. Back. So the Cowboys will take him, like Randy Gregory. He'll and be. I don't know if he can fit in that four-three either. So that'd be an interesting. Right, and I don't. I'm not just saying because of the you know. No, the, the Cowboys would do that. Let's be honest. Oh, absolutely, and I think the Bengals are in that conversation. So I think he's a great fit on the Steelers, but. We'll see. I, Steelers or Ravens for me, where I would see, I could Ravens, see him. Packers. Just. Um, well, don't forget also, and I think a lot of people are mocking a lot of um, edge rushers to the Ravens because Suggs is age. But they got a guy uh, last year who got they drafted who got hurt. What was his name? Um, Correa or Judon? Correa. 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 And then oh, they also, I think they got um, they got one more guy too. Um, they cut Doomerville, though. No, I know. They cut Doomerville. Didn't they get uh, Bronson Kafusi as well? Yeah. For BYU. So, yeah. So, I think he got hurt as well. So, that's another guy. But, anyway, yeah, that's just my take on Tim Williams. I don't think he's a bad player. I think he, he could have a decent NFL career. I just, again, with those factors, for me, I wouldn't take him around one. Round two? Absolutely. He's an early round two pick for me. Um, but, and again, I think also, I, I view a lot of the tweener guys, I don't really view them as, it's hard, it's hard for me to look at them and scout them because my team plays in a four, three. So I'm looking at guys like Tim Williams for me, doesn't fit on the giants. Not at all. So it's hard for me to like say, ah, I see how he fits. Like, but again, I look at him as a whole, but I try not, you know, try not to look at it with those rose colored glasses, but. You know, unfortunately, I do. and um, But I understand what you're saying with him. Beauty of the show. We can disagree. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. So who's your number two guy? Well, my number two guy, um, if we're going to count Solomon Thomas, Solomon Thomas. Um, uh, if, if we're not, I think another good in-betweener guy uh, there would be Tack McKinley. Um, just because of his power and speed. I think his bend lacks a little bit where Tim Williams excels, but I think he's got a really high motor, uh, and he doesn't have those off-the-field issues. Um, and I think I'm pretty sure, if I'm if I'm saying this right, I'm pretty sure he hasn't played that long, so he's got a, he's pretty young. Um, and he's got a good reach. He's got I see him extend his arms a lot, um, but he doesn't... Um, he doesn't really play with his hands that well, which I don't like as a defensive, you know, end edge guy. Um, and I'll, qu- I, you know, I question that a little bit. So, I mean, if you want to talk about Tom and Thomas in the conversation, sure. Um, 
again, uh, it's hard with these guys. You know, a lot of these guys. Because, again, you could talk about Malik McDowell there, too. I, I don't know, you know. Yeah, that's the thing about pass rusher. It feels like out of all the positions, it's everyone has a different take. It's preference. It's about scheme. Right. There's about eight to ten guys you can argue almost. Right, like I could see Malik McDowell in a three technique. I could see him in a five. You know, I could see him in a seven, honestly. I mean, he's a big seven, but he's a big seven technique, but I could see it um, just because of his motor. And I know, you know, kind of like a Shalik Calhoun kind of. They know from the same school, but same body type. And then uh, to tack, I do like uh, McKinley's uh, confidence. He, th- he says he's the best pass rusher in the draft. He openly says he's better than Miles Garrett. And, you know, I, I people can view that both ways, but you got to view yourself as the best. And that's an outlandish claim to say, but I like how he definitely believes in himself. Yeah, and for a defensive player to say that out of the Pac-12 uh, compared to a guy in the SEC, that's pretty uh, – you know, have a pair, man. God, God bless. Um how about another guy I want to talk a little bit about from the SEC uh, who interests me, and this school produces defensive linemen and edge rushers. Uh, Mizzou, Charles Harris, what do you think about him? Uh, I have Harris about in, like, the mid-second round. When I watched him, I saw a guy that – he reminds me of, like, Dwight Freeney in the sense of he's definitely yeah. a speed finesse rusher. He loves the spin move, the swim move. Yeah. Yep. I saw the moves on every sack, and I just – I think just like how you view – Tim Williams is not a fit for the Giants. Uh, Harris is not a fit for the Patriots. Too undersized. Too, too much of a finesse rusher. But I could see him on a team that uh, values that type of player. I he'll be a good he'll be a good uh, pass rusher. I'm just not sold on run defending and uh, those guys that do the swim move. That Aaron Maben guy from like six years ago. Yeah, yeah, from Penn State. Yeah, they make me nervous that where they just they do the three sixties. They flail all over the place. Yeah. So I, I, I agree. Um, you know, I, I like Charles Harris. I like his – I'm with you on the, on him. I, I'm kind of not set on him. I know a lot of people like him because he you know, had a lot of tackles for loss. Um, but I'm still not convinced with his run defense as much as he had tackles for loss. Like I think he gets – again, I think he kind of reminds me of Tack in the sense of when I've watched his film, he gets a little too into the tackle. He doesn't separate with his, with his length. Um, that's because I think he has a lack there of length. Um, he doesn't use it. Um, he bends really well. He is pretty quick off the ball and powerful. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, I saw a little bit of quick, more quickness out of like a Michael Sam, honestly, who came from Mizzou. Um, you know, and what's that? That's not very good then. Right, exactly. And that's my point. So, uh, I'm with you. I think Charles Harris will be a... You know, I could see him honestly going to the Falcons, you know, as early as 31. But he, I think, in my opinion, like you said, he's a mid-second-round player. Um, yeah, he'd be a good fit across Beasley and replacing uh, old Dwight Freeney. That's correct. And that's exactly why when you comp him to a guy like a Dwight Freeney, that's why you put him there. So, um, you know, interesting. Um, and then my third pass rusher is uh, staying in the SEC, Derek Barnett. Uh, my favorite guy, actually, in my opinion. Oh, wow. And I love I, him. He's a very complete player. Run, defend, pass rush. His motor might be the best in the draft. He won't give up fighting the tackle. I'm not sold particularly on how explosive he is, but sometimes you don't need to be quick twitch that explosive. Like uh, I've seen him compare to Terrell Suggs, who's a similar bull rush, power rush guy, who might not be the most fast, quickest guy out there, but 
he definitely gives the tackle troubles the whole game, won't give up, and he'll be a guy likely that will have double-digit sacks and be a productive player at the next level. Yeah, I think what you said, you know, you compared him to uh, – what would you just say you compared him to? Like uh, what sets him apart? Like Okay, like sorry. So I think you look at a guy like Derek Barnett and you just see – elite NFL pass rusher. Actually, I'm sorry, defensive end written all over him. Because um, he's a pass rusher. He could stop the run. He's nasty. He's got a high motor. And you know what the difference is between him and some other guys in this draft? He flips his hips. So he's a big dip and rip guy, which you said you don't see the explosion out of him, but that's where he makes it up. So he makes up with – so he doesn't. he's not going to get stopped. But if he gets stopped with his power – he can flip his hips, rip under, and really bend, which really makes him um, a versatile defensive end. Uh, he's got the size for a 3-4 defensive end. I think he can definitely do it in a 4-3. I think he's a prototypical 4-3 D end, but I think he can add the size to be a 3-4 end. Um, I think he's going to be a stud. I really like him a lot. Um, he's not as long as a JPP. But I see that in his body. I mean, and again, Tennessee is an average program. So to do it there, to beat Reggie White's sack record, it's impressive. Um, I really love him. I really do. Yeah, Whoever gets him is going to get a stud. He seems destined for the Saints. We see him marked there a lot at 11. Yep. Great pick. Yep. Absolutely. So then uh, my fourth guy is – uh. You know, he's in a category by himself. I think he's the number one three forward defensive end. But uh, I personally just see him there. But uh, Malik McDowell, Michigan State. Okay. He's one of the most definitely polarizing players I've had. I've watched because uh, at defensive tackle, he he would get pancaked a lot. But every snap I saw from the three four looks, he would cause so much havoc, beat double teams. He's definitely vicious off the edge. And I think he's he's meant to rush the edge. And uh, I think he has a chance to be an elite 3-4 defensive end, like Kalias Campbell. I just I think a team that runs a 3-4 is getting a steal because not a lot of teams nowadays run a 3-4. So I could see him falling in the draft. But uh, say the Colts got him or the Steelers, Packers, that would be an awesome fit for them. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I really like him as well. I watched his film. I think he, he – when I watch this film, he reminds me of like he's like a psychopath. I mean, like vicious is what you said. I like it, man. I really do. Um, his length is again impressive. That's what I look for in a defensive end, in my opinion. Again, I talk about the reach. Every guy I like here um, uses his hands really well. He gets underneath the shoulder pads of the defensive, <clears throat> excuse me, the offensive tackle. Um, I agree. I think in the three-four system, he could be really just a, a Pro Bowl player. Um, perennially, um, I, I think he's got a little bit more quick twitch than like a Derek Barnett, uh, too, which could help him. Um, so he's up there for me. Um, it's hard to, like you said, rank these guys because I think a lot of them are kind of in the middle because those guys after Thomas and Garrett and Barnett for me, they're all very similar. They all have an issue that keep them in that same conversation. Um, because, you know, I think there's a problem with Malik McDowell's motor um, where he could take some plays off. And I think for me, if that's not corrected in the NFL, 
um, he's going to have a problem. So, um, you know, for me, you know, I'd, I'd put him there as well. Um, but, you know, it's it's tough with Malik McDowell because, again, you could see a, a third-round player on tape, and then you could see a top-10 talent on tape. In the same game. Same game. Right. Same. So you could see it one play compared to the next. So if that's not corrected, he'll have a short career in the NFL. That's just my opinion because coaches aren't going to put up with that. Him and Tim Williams definitely might be the risky. Tim, Tim Williams, yeah. And then my fifth guy is uh, you mentioned him earlier in the sense of upside player of Raw is Taco Charlton out of Michigan. This guy's a mammoth, huge, huge player, long length. He's built like Chandler Jones. You've been compared to him. Uh, he's off and on. His motor is inconsistent. Definitely a powerful rusher. I'm particularly not a huge fan of him, but I would. I've ranked him this high solely out of when you have that length, 35-inch arms, and the upside and the size, I think you have to take him in the late first round. Because I pass rush is at a premium. You're getting a guy with Miles Garrett's body, essentially. You're just hoping that he can develop his pass rush moves to the next level. Yeah, that's, again, a guy that I've looked at a lot. Um, I was intrigued by him just because I know they said he's really young, he's really raw. Um, people say a lot like Justin Tuck. Um, that's a good comparison. Yeah, uh, because, again, I think he could rush from the inside, he could rush from the outside um, on the defensive line, which I, I like because I like the versatility. Um Again, I don't think you see the quickness from him. I think he's a little bit more of a power defensive end, even in a 4-3. But I think he has the ability to, like you said, he could really be a, a – if he wants to because of his raw ability, if he fine-tunes some things, he can be a, um, a an elite pass rusher. Um, especially with that mobility along the line, yeah, he could definitely be a special player. Um, yeah, Taco Charlton is a little confusing. Um but he's intriguing, and I think that's why teams like him. And then, uh, so leading off our top five list, this is a good question. Although the Giants don't necessarily need pass rush help with the tandem you guys have, who would be – if you had, like, one S rusher to fit on the Giants, realistic, you can't have Garrett or Thomas, but out of the first three rounds, who would you want on the Giants? I mean, if you said if I can't have Salma Thomas or Miles Garrett, but I could have anyone else, it's Derek Barnett. I mean, there's no question about it. But I'll leave him off the conversation too because I think he he won't reach the Giants. Um, a guy that's reachable, I, I still think he's a chance for Barnett. But I think a guy that's definitely reachable, um, we have a chance for is Taco Charlton. Um, again, I don't know if they'll take a DN in the first round or the first two rounds, only because. Aquara played pretty well for them. I think they like him. They like Kerry Wynn. Um, two undrafted guys, by the way, which good job by Jerry Reese finding those guys who are contributors. They haven't got a thing out of Oa Digizua because he's been hurt. So hopefully he could get his stuff together uh, and contribute. But, again, I wouldn't mind a guy like a Taco Charlton. He would step in right away and be your third pass rusher. Um, and I think that's one thing – they had a problem with was JPP and Vernon were on the field 93, 94% of snaps. So to spell those guys and to get an effective pass rush still, you know, there's one thing, putting you and I in there just to spell a guy, we're not going to do much, you know, but you put a guy like <clears throat> Taco Charlton out there, I think he still has a chance to wear down an offensive lineman in a game. So later on, those other guys could still be just as effective. So 
Uh, I'll be realistic here, and I'll say Taco Charlton, no problem. Um, and then uh, for a guy in the mid-rounds I like for the Patriots is uh, Garrett's teammate, Deshaun Hall. Okay. This man, his, his spark score is high. Just 6'5", I think. Uh, 40, just an athlete, essentially. Uh, sack totals aren't there, but... I've seen the Patriots link to him, and uh, we have a hole with Chris Long gone, Jabal Sheard gone. It's, it's essentially Flowers and everyone else. We traded for Ely, but he's uh, we'll see what we can get eek out of him. But uh, I definitely like Hall in the third or fourth round as a high upside player who learned behind a veteran pass rusher. Yeah, I think again this. I think this is a pretty underrated class actually. Um, I like guys like um, the guy from Villanova. Tano Sapanyan or whatever. Uh, he's got the he's got the measurables. Uh, I don't know about his um, translation to the NFL, but he's got the measurables. He's got the length. <clears throat> um, Tyus Bowser is a guy that reminds me of Leonard Floyd. Uh, he's a poor man's Leonard Floyd, I would say. <clears throat> you can get him in the third, fourth round easily. Uh, I think he'd come in and contribute, especially for you know a hybrid defense. Um, I like him a lot. I like, um, I mean, I'm trying to look at Derek Rivers. I really like from Youngstown state. I think he'll come on, be an X factor, come out of nowhere. And, uh, I don't know. There's one guy you keep chatting up a lot from, uh, OHIO and not Ohio state. Might be my favorite player in the draft at this point. He just uh, missed being fifth on this list is our Tyrell Basham. Yep. This guy, I've mentioned him almost every podcast. Uh, draft breakdown just uploaded his video of versus Tennessee, which you always want to see from these small school kids. Yeah, one versus big competition. I think he had two sacks. He shed blocks, tackles for loss. He could read the, he could read the option great in the backfield. This guy is just relentless. I think I think he's one of the safest players in the draft. Doesn't have a lot of bend. He's just a powerful fourth three defensive end guy who will set the edge, get off. Reminds me of. Uh, a black version of Ninkovich, just the guy who'll get six to ten sacks every season, fan favorite, relentless, could play like 90% of the snaps. This guy's incredible. I'm I'm a big fan of him. Upside might not be there, but dependable starter for years to come. Okay. Terrell Basham, 6'3", 270 out of Ohio. Interesting. I personally worked him out last week. That has me pumped. All right, so that's exciting. I, another guy I like who um, – I watched a little bit of film on. I've, I kind of – I've seen – I watched a documentary of Florida State, um, and he just seems like a real leader, kind of guy you'd want in your locker room is Demarcus Walker. Uh, I like him a lot. Um, I just like kind of, again, like his leadership abilities, and he's powerful. Guy has an insane motor to me. Um, he'll give you everything he's got, and honestly, sometimes that's kind of guy you need who can translate that into – Skill, I think he's a mid mid round guy, uh, like third round. You can get him. Um, again, coming from a good program, good competition. Um, you know, he's a little stiff, in my opinion, but that's what happens. That's what you get sometimes out of those guys. But he's another guy. And another guy I want to talk to you about. I want your opinion. Everyone hypes up um, number ninety nine from Houston's brother. Uh, Arguably the best defensive player in the league, J.J. Watt, his brother T.J. Watt. What's your take on T.J. Watt? I have him right at the start of the second round. I just, I think he, 
He has upside as a three-four outside linebacker, stand-up guy, rush off. Clay Matthews. That's a, honestly a great comp for him, and he'd be great across Clay and Nick Perry. I uh, these players limited to the three-four. I'm just not huge fans of as a Pigeons fan who runs. We run a hybrid, but primarily a four-three, and he's a raw player. A lot of plays, it's not there. But his argument, he said himself, the surface just being scratched. He was. I think it was the only year he started. Um, He's been moved way up boards. I've seen him in the first round mocks. I just think the class is so deep where you got to wait on him in the sense I wouldn't take him. I think I'd take him above Charles Harris. So around like yep. the nine edge rusher. About there. You know, as another guy, you know, bringing up TJ Watt, I agree with all the points. Um, I watched a good amount of Wisconsin games actually this year, and I really like Vince Beagle. Um, you know, obviously they're they're clones of each other. What's that? PFF loves him. I like him a lot. I think he had just as much production as JJ, uh, TJ Watt. Excuse me. Um, played really well at the Senior Bowl. Uh, he's not a measurables guy to me. You know, he's not going to light it up at the combine. But I'll tell you what, I don't really care as long as you can do it on the football field. I'll take it. And I think Vince Beagle is a he's a baller man. He's a football player. Um, I like him a lot, and uh, I think his upside. I think he's going to be really underrated. I think he'll come into a camp. Compete, be a rotational guy, play special teams, but he'll he'll break through. I think you know I, I like Vince Beagle a lot. Yeah, he's kind of fallen because he's undersized. But like you say, if, if you can get ninety nine pressures on five hundred snaps, whatever PFF said, that's eye popping. Right. I mean, you know, he's six three. You know, two. I want to say, what is he? Vince Beagle two four like two fifty. But again, you know, that's that's not awful. That's not that bad. I mean, that's really not terrible. Um, you know, if you got like if you like a guy like Jordan Willis, you know, from K State, but again, you're gonna get I don't know, you're gonna get a three four outside linebacker who you know, I think he'll give you give you everything. So interesting player there. I like him. So and then uh any particular pass rusher you have is overrated. Like I wanted to touch on this. I don't see him as a pass rusher, but uh, Daniel Jeremiah tweeted that he sees Hassan Reddick as a potential double-digit sack guy each year. And then a fan asked him, could you see him as a Von Miller player? Von Miller. And he said, a scout told me that's a comparison. I think a lot of people – What's going on with Reddick? Hassan Reddick is interesting. I could see him in the inside linebacker position. I could see him outside. Um, he was a walk-on cornerback at – uh, Temple. That's a fun fact you only get here, folks. I didn't yeah. Know. Uh, a lot of people don't know that about him. Uh, but, again, that also can help him in his coverage ability at linebacker. Um, you know, he's, uh, we all know his athletic ability. Um, but, again, you know, we just talked about, like, with Vince Beagle, maybe he's not going to be a combine freak. You know, maybe Hassan Reddick is, but you got to translate that to the football field. And, I mean, he stepped it up at Temple. Temple plays some pretty big ball now. Um, so, they're – you know, obviously, and good, time. but I don't know, man. You, you can't a guy like Von Miller comparison. You have to be a, a, a no brainer, a once a generational guy. I don't think Hassan Reddick is a once in generational player. I think he's a hype player. He's a combine stud. Obi Melifon was another guy. Um, you know, is Byron Jones a stud compared to what his combine stuff made him out to be? No, he's an average NFL starter. Jared Cook thanks him for letting him wide open. Right. So. I mean, you know, 
I think Melifon will be one of those guys. I think Hassan Reddick, he'll be a good player in the NFL. I don't think he'll be an elite guy. I don't think he's going to jump off the page and give you Khalil Mack numbers. I don't um, see that player. I just, yeah, I don't. I don't. Um, I think a guy that a lot of people hype up in maybe their top 10 pass rushers is a guy that we saw at Auburn, Carl Lawson. Um, I'm not a fan of his game really at all. Um, he's, he's one of my like busts. I just, I've, he's like average. I had him like out of the top hundred. I just don't see it. But yeah, um, to me, he's average. Dude, he's six one. Talk about undersized for talk about length, arm length for a pass rusher. Six one. When I see him above Harris and Basham and stuff, I'm just obviously evaluated to see something. What What do you think they see? I just, I think they see an explosive, explosive athlete. Um, I think that they see power from him. Um, I don't really, I don't know. I just something about his game when I watch him. She's not a fan. I think he's an average player. Um, I think he would have benefited staying another year at Auburn. Um, but I just don't like him. Yeah, definitely not a fan. So uh, that'll be interesting. Any um, any other names you want to throw out there that you might have watched later on and stuff like that? Earlier, I touched on uh, Deshaun Hall. This um, this guy. This is going deep. This is a main player. Uh, what is his name? I just watched him today. He ran a one point four eight ten yard dash. Wow! And I'll send you the clip. He was ripping people. He. He's a 4-3 defensive tackle, maybe a 3-4 end. Uh, the name's not coming to me, but he, I've seen it. I saw him in the seventh round, and I just think he's going to rise after his pro day. He exploded. And, uh, okay. Interesting. Main defensive end? Defensive end, defensive tackle. Okay, interesting. I, I definitely take a look at that. Uh, a guy that I think isn't talked about a lot. Well, there's a couple guys. Uh, Dwayne Smoot from Illinois. I think he's going to be a great 3-4 outside linebacker. Power, speed guy. Um, he'll be really interesting to watch once this uh, all happens. Another guy I really like, <clears throat> which I touched on, is um, the guy from Villanova, Derek Rivers from Youngstown. Brian Cox from Florida. His dad's the Atlanta Falcons defensive line coach. Um, what's that? Super Bowl legend for the Pats. Yeah. Defense. I think he uh, – I think Brian Cox could be a solid uh, NFL defensive end. Um, good defense in Florida. They have a lot of a lot of players come out, coming out of there. If you think about it, Anzalone, Cox. Um, talk about the two corners. Talk about Jared Davis. Talk about Caleb Brantley. You know, you're talking about potentially six starters on that defense. They had Keanu Neal last year, Vernon Hargraves last year. Uh, Florida produces some pretty decent NFL uh, defensive players. Um, you know, maybe some are busts. Um, I, I don't know. I think Jared Davis, I think if he never got hurt, the hype I understand, but he is like ACL tear after ACL tear. It's like a mess, Jared Davis. So, um, matches on the field is just tough with those injuries. Yeah, but Brian Cox, I could see being a, a solid NFL player, rotational guy um, who's kind of underrated, but uh, he'll be interesting to see. Definitely. And then uh, anyone in the draft that's you have ranked way differently than the media consensus, maybe you're very high on him, per se, as we are a month from the draft? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think 
Tyus Bowser is that guy for me. Um, I mean, a lot of guys have him now, but I always kind of like Tyus Bowser. Um, productive player at uh, Houston. I think Houston puts out some good players. Um, they had the corner, William Jackson, uh, last year. They had Elandon Roberts, who I was a big fan of last year, went to the Pats, uh, Houston guy. There are a couple other guys coming out. I, I like uh, him a lot, and I think – a guy who has a lot of off-the-field problems is a TCU transfer to Louisville. Didn't get an invite to the Combine, but Devonta Fields is another guy. He's got a lot of, um, of course, we, you know, we've seen his game put on field. He's got a lot of elite quick-twitch ability off the edge, good bend. Um, I think he gets a bad rap because of his bad rap, if that makes sense. Um, but if he could clean some of that stuff up, you know, he, could be a, um, he could be a steal for some guys. Yeah, and then uh, I just saw the defensive tackle from Maine is Pat Ricard for the listeners at home. Okay. The uh, guy I'm a big fan of at this point is Chidobia Woozy, if that's how you pronounce it. Oh, from Colorado. I have him ranked 20th, which might be my third corner after the Sydney Jones injury. I just think he can play the slot outside. Very physical guy, man cover, corner. Um, I just think, again, a complete player. And who wants to tackle, that's key. Some of these corners have no business wanting to tackle. And I think uh, up towards draft day, Ken, do you have anyone in particular you like in the draft? I mean, uh, Matt touched upon it earlier, but McKinley out of UCLA is someone that really impressed me last year. Uh, Matt touched upon it. Uh, Last year was kind of his first year on the scene uh, being a big player, but uh, the thing I'm a little worried about is he was a – Pass specialist, pass rush specialist. So I don't know if he'll be able to be an every down guy, but hopefully, like uh, like Matt said about Taco Charlton, maybe spell a couple guys come in third, big third down plays, stuff like that. Fantastic. Yep, and I will touch on one other guy if we're going to do other positions real quick. Uh, kind of getting, uh, I love it, getting the whole spectrum here, getting Ken involved. I'm enjoying that. Um, which is good. And I want to talk about a guy from LSU who I've watched uh, a lot of his games, outside linebacker, uh, Duke Riley. Uh, I think he's a really good coverage guy. He's very, very fast. And I think a lot of, again, you know, we talk about fast guys. That's what the NFL is coming down to now. Um, fast coverage guys, you know, you talk about the tight end position is such a, a threat in the NFL. A lot of people have trouble covering them. Uh, I like Duke Riley. He's a hard-nosed football player, sticks his head in there. He can stop the run. He's got really good coverage ability. I like him a lot. Um, he's a day two guy, you know, second round guy for me, but he's a solid second round player. Um, I like him a lot at the outside linebacker position, especially in a 4 3. Yeah. No, if these guys can't cover, their draft stock plummets. So. Exactly. So, a lot covered on today's show, a ton covered. I like it. Um, next week, we will probably, maybe we could get a, even a show in. By the weekend, uh, again, maybe. Who knows? I don't know what the Babson crew has planned. Um, but, um, no, I'm kidding, considering it's Sunday night. Um, but, no, by early next this week, we'll have another show, maybe Tuesday. On Wednesday, I head to Fordham. I'm going to be with Rick Saratella doing their pro day. Uh, that'll be interesting. So maybe we'll do a Wednesday night show. And we'll recap the Fordham Pro Day, and we'll touch on 
What positions do we have up? We have, I think we should, we're going to go with um, offensive tackle and um, offensive safety. We'll do safety. Offensive tackle safety position next uh, on, on Wednesday. So look forward for that show coming up. A recap of the Fordham Pro Day with me with Rick and the offensive tackle and safety position and the always overrated Obi Melifonwu over at UConn. So that'll be interesting. Keep it locked. The Rough Draft Podcast. Andy, what do you got? Final words? Final words is uh, I know Matt's not a fan. He's a detractor. But Chad Kelly is ready for his pro day. Off his torn ACL. He's shaking his head right now. God. I'm pumped for this pro day. Pulling it all over the field. Can't wait to report back on that. All I have to say with Chad Kelly, in the words of Bill Belichick, on to Cincinnati. Okay? Take him with the rest of those cons, man. Con Cincinnati Air. He's on to Cincinnati. All right. Anyway, wrapping it up. Episode number four of the Rough Draft Podcast. Thanks so much for listening, guys. See you guys soon.